Good morning on this Saturday morning. Welcome to our devotional Golden Nuggets, food for thought and for the imagination. Yesterday we left off, if you joined us, we talked about in the last days there will be uh, perilous times. And one of the signs is there's going to be a generation that is ungrateful. They have absolutely no gratitude, no thanksgiving whatsoever towards God. In fact, they believe that everything is deserved of them. It belongs to them. It should be given to them uh, for absolutely no reason whatsoever. Being unthankful also goes right along with being unholy. In other words, if you cannot be thankful unto God and you cannot praise Him, then chances are that you do not consider God to be holy or you don't consider God's holiness whatsoever, or it is diminished or minimized. Well, that same generation in the book of Romans, in chapter number 1, verse 19, past, present, and future, it says, because that which may be known of God is manifested in them, for God has showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him, this is verse 20, from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Verse 21, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful to glorify God, and it comes from the word doxa, glory. It, it means everything that God is, everything that God could possibly uh, be, uh, to render unto him uh, the fullness of his honor and majesty and, and, and magnify him. If people, whether Christians or non-Christians, and uh, Jews, when they knew God, you can go back to the people of Israel, you can go when they came out of Egypt, you can go to uh, when they were in Canaan, you can go throughout the history of the Jewish people in the Old Testament, in the Bible, and you can find how many times they began to be ungrateful. They were unthankful, and in being ungrateful and unthankful to God, they began to learn to murmur, to complain, uh, basically to lust after things. And therefore, it's like throwing God right out of the window. They become or they became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Okay, notice the things that happens to a life or an individual or a group of people when they throw God out in glorifying Him, in praising Him, in thanking Him, they become vain in their imaginations. Now, when you go to Genesis chapter 6, in chapter 6 from verses 1 to 4, it talks about that the imagination of the people in the time of Noah was continually wicked and evil. And every imagination of their heart was just exactly that. What had happened? They had reached the point that only Noah 
was the only one that was walking with God, uh, possibly his family. But Noah was the only one that God considered uh, walking before him and told him to build the ark. That was an entire generation. Jesus says that as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. So we have a parallel there. And one of the things that we can find is how the imagination of people was working and what was the condition of their heart. Here it says, because when they knew God, they glorified him not. Even though they can see his handiwork in all creation, in the universe, the things that are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made we can understand his eternal power and his Godhead, his deity. We can understand that by just looking at creation alone. But yet, when they knew God, they glorified him not. Number one, neither were thankful. Don't you stop and wonder and think, why would that be included in the verse? Neither were they thankful. What does thankfulness have to do with anything? If we cannot offer thanksgiving to our Creator, if we cannot offer thanksgiving to our Maker, if we cannot offer thanksgiving to the uh, One who is the possessor of heaven and earth, who is the Almighty, the All-Powerful, the All-Knowing, the All-Present God, then the Bible says the people become vain in their imagination. And there's nothing but... Uh, uh, looking at the book of Ecclesiastics to see uh, the vanity of the heart of man and the mind of man, as uh, Solomon uh, puts it. But it says they became vain in their imaginations and their foolish and their foolish hearts. They were darkened. So that means there was no light, no light whatsoever, because their hearts were darkened. And it says. In uh, 1 Corinthians, in chapter 1, in verse number 4, it says, I thank my God always on your behalf. Now, that's interesting. I thank Him on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ. Now, that that is interesting. The word thank that is used there is the word where we get the word eutychus. You can actually see it there. It means to be grateful. That is to express gratitudes towards, uh, specifically to say grace at a meal uh, and be thankful. That is an, an example when one is being and expressing and showing grace and thankfulness unto God for what God has given us. Of course, uh, another way to put it would be Psalm 103 in verses 1 and 2. And it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Forget not all his benefits. All his benefits are everything that he does for us. But also God's grace is... God's unmerited favor, an acronym has been used for the word grace, uh, learned it many years ago. It says, God's riches at Christ's expense. 
God has given us his riches, rich in mercy, rich in love, <clears throat> rich in uh, long-suffering, rich in faith, rich in everything. He has given us his riches at the expense of Christ, at Christ's expense. Now, when we look at it that way, Paul was saying, I thank my God I have a special time I have a special moment that takes place in in and throughout my day in where I thank God always on your behalf. Do you find yourself thanking God for people? Do you find yourself giving God honor and glory and praise for people that he has brought into your life, for people that he has removed out of your life? Do you find yourself giving him thanks for the things that he has done in others, in filling them with his own grace, uh, which comes from his son, Jesus Christ, in giving them that unmerited favor to go and above and beyond their natural ability? They reach the end of the line, they reach the end of the rope, and they not only tie a knot on there and hold on, but they believe that God will safely get them through and extend the ability to be able to, if they have to hold on to the knot for the rest of their lives, or be able to climb up that rope, or be able to get down off of it, God gives them the grace. And Paul is saying, I thank my God always, 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 on your behalf for the grace of God, which is given you. Now, you have to remember that the church of Corinth was a church that, uh, according to chapter number 12, had the gifts of the Spirit operating in it. But yet, according to chapter 3, it was a church that was having issues and uh, it was divided who's of Paul, who's of Silas, who's of Apollos or Cephas. Or, uh, they had problems. They still had uh, uh, divisions. They had murmurings. They had all kinds of issues uh, going on. And yet, Paul says, I thank God for you. There's something about thanking God for people in our lives instead of complaining and murmuring about them that has a transforming effect both on them and on the individual that is giving the thanks. Paul maybe understood this in a very profound way so that he was able to say even of that church, and of course uh, he wrote 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians to them, uh, the epistles, but we can find him saying, I make mention of you in my prayers. That means he was praying for them. He gives thanks to God uh, during that time. And he thanks him for the grace that has been given to them. In the book of Ephesians, in chapter 1, in verse 15, we find him once again praying for a group of people and giving thanks again. Here it is. Ephesians 1 verse 15 and 16 and 17. Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks. He was always giving thanks 
and he would not cease to give thanks for the people that he was praying for. It says, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Once again, the connection. When Paul prayed, he offered thanksgiving with his prayers. And that's exactly what we learned in Philippians in chapter number uh, 4. In verse 6, it says, For nothing be anxious, but in everything, through prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your request known unto God. I cannot express how important it is for people to offer thanksgiving, the believers to offer thanksgiving unto God in every and all their prayers, in every and every uh, word and every deed that is associated in their lives, that there be an association with thanksgiving in that thing. If the person cannot give thanksgiving, then chances are the thing is that what he or she is doing is sinful. You can't thank God that you're, you're saying you're robbing or stealing from somebody and say, Oh God, I thank you for helping me steal. Of course, you wouldn't be able to say that or do that. Your conscience wouldn't allow you to do that. But yet, there are many things that we do where God never gets the glory he never get, gets the thanksgiving. He doesn't get glorified. He doesn't get lifted up. He doesn't get magnified. He doesn't get the honor uh, for what he has done or is doing or has accomplished in a person's life. But people exalt themselves and will say, well, look, this is what I have done. I'm a self-made man. I'm a self this. I'm a self that. And yet God gives no glory for giving the wisdom, giving the knowledge giving the physical health, giving the the physical strength for the individual to be able to do that. That 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 is going to result in what Romans says. They're going to become vain in their imaginations and their hearts are going to be darkened. But Paul in Ephesians, he prayed for the church. I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. We find in Philippians, in 1.3, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Philippians 1.3, Philippians 1.4 says, Always in every prayer of mine for you, all making requests with joy. So he thanks God. He also adds joy in there. Now, remember when we had read in 1 Thessalonians in chapter 5, where it said, Rejoice evermore, pray always, giving thanks unto God in everything, for this is the will of God. We now wind up adding another thing to our little ingredient, and that is joy. Making your prayers with joy making them with thanksgiving, making them with a heart that is full of gratitude. It says in Colossians 1, 3, we give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. 
I don't know if you've noticed how many times the word always and every <laughs> has come up, but it's quite a bit. We'll go over this again tomorrow. The Lord richly bless you. Consider this food for thought and for the imagination. In Jesus' name, amen.